that's where we fail as a fire service. Spending the time, so it doesn't matter how many, if you've been on two years or 15, or when you pull up, being able to see the conditions and know that we have to get in there and where we can get in there as soon as possible. Firehouse Vigilance presents The Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Coolie Moore, Firehouse Vigilance, this is Weekly Scrap, number 74. Tonight's guest is Shane Bentley. He has been a firefighter in the state of Georgia since 2004. For the last few years, he has been with Cornelia Fire Department, where he is currently an assistant fire chief. He has been instructing firefighter classes since 2010, and over the past couple of years has worked on this idea called the Bearers of the Oath, which he officially kicked off last year in 2020. Shane Bentley, it is my pleasure to have you on as today, the guest of Weekly Scrap number 74. Welcome, brother. Man, thank you very much. I uh, It's an honor. It really is an honor to be here with you tonight, man. I, uh, I appreciate you very much for having me. Thank you. Awesome, man. I'm going to jump right off into it and get right into Bears of the Oath, if you're good with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. Talk to me about uh, Bear, where, Bears of the Oath. Where did it start? Where did it come from? Go. All right. So, it uh, like I said when, just a second ago, it, we, I really kind of made his headway last year uh went you know kind of made it live last year you could say but actually it's really been in existence for the last three four three years three to four years um what a lot of people don't realize about it is the uh code of honor that's on the back of the shirts that you know that you see is um there's 23 line items there and every one of them is a personal struggle of mine and so i've taken in i had it listed down several years ago as i uh as i really started trying to turn the page for myself and my career um i got wrapped up a pretty good bit and um with that i started taking uh notes about myself and when i did i finally uh i guess i I had enough self-reflection to realize um where i was really struggling and the original code of honor is 23 line items but it's totally different wording than what it is there that you see today okay and so ever like i said every one of them is a personal struggle but what i did is i when i started talking to my friends and mentors about it you know we it was uh it was one of those things to where yeah i said man it, it's pretty cool you know what 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 would people think about it and so you had to be really vulnerable to put that out there about yourself so what i did is i ripped the way I, the way it ended up the way everybody sees it today with the code of honor is um, I really done it for a very personal, selfish reason. Um, I knew if I put it on the back of the shirt the way it is now, or put it on out for the internet or everybody in the fire service to see, that every time somebody had that shirt on and they turned around, it would be that punch in the gut and that accountability factor that I needed nice. every day to remind me where I came from and where I'm at today and how fortunate I am to be where I'm at and um, majority of the time it's, uh, it's, it's extremely humbling, right. um, just because there's so many, you see it in a lot of places now and that's, uh, but you know, there's days that, uh, like yesterday morning, you know, we got on shift, we had a little bit of a, you know, we had a little bit of an issue that we was talking about and it made me go, it made me start thinking about myself. How was I handling it properly? And it was one of those things where I, you know, I seen the back of that sweatshirt hanging in my locker and I realized, Hey man, I'm not living up to that right now. And so, like I said, majority of the time, it's, it's the most humbling feeling you can get. But that 
every now and then it just it smacks you right in the face. No, so. accountability sounds awesome when you see it and it holds you to it. That that's 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 powerful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would. I, I honestly, I would have never imagined that it would turn into what it has. I never had that intention. Um, I had a previous uh, officer, captain at the time, lieutenant, then a captain, and he's assistant chief now. Where I came from, he. Uh, I used to watch him every night. He was always the la- last one down on shift every night. You know, he was the last one to go to bed. And I've always been one that goes to bed late too. But I always watched him and noticed him. Seen it for years. Uh, he would always. He kept a journal every night. And he'd be in the in the locker room, and he would all you know. Some nights he would write down just a few lines about the day. Some days it was multiple pages, and I started doing the same thing. Nice. And, um, and you know, I yeah, I remember asking him what all he what, what you know what all are you writing down, and he just kind of he had a distinct laugh, and so I, I started writing it down and writing things down, and I you know I kept these little notes and notepads and things, and um, it's really humbling when you go back and look at them. You watch your if you spend a lot of time with the same people on shift for many years. You watch the good, bad, and ugly, and, and you know it's just it's just that family, that aspect of family. From you see it all, and man, I watched not only myself and seeing what was happening with myself, but also seeing what was happening with other people. Right. So it was uh, a, a lot of mentors give me the confidence to be able to do that. And uh, like I said, I, this is not the intention of it. When I started out, I just. I actually done it for a selfish reason, so I would see it all the time and it would remind me, hey, because, you know, you, especially being an officer in the fire service and not being an officer, you still should be accountable for what you do every day. So, um, and I didn't want to, I never wanted to take in, I didn't want to have that letdown factor again like I had previous in previous years. Nice. Now, so. now I, you intrigue me because I one thing I've always wished I would have done was kept a journal from the time I, you know, hired on. And I wish even now I would be more consistent. I try to keep a journal. Sometimes when I go to it, I look at my last entry and it was a couple months ago and I kick myself in the, in, you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, got to be more consistent in this. How long have you been doing the journal and uh, how consistent have you been in it? Uh, I've done it for a while. Um, several, I've done it on and off for a handful of, uh, you know, years, uh, just on and off. I was never consistently doing it all the time right. like I should. And then I, about the time I got real consistent with it, it was right before I changed departments and I would take and uh, I would write something down every day. And then when I came up here to where I'm at now, I, I don't, and for some stupid reason, I just quit doing it. And here lately I've started doing it again at night before I, before I lay down and go to bed. And, um, just, looking back and reflecting over the last few months on it it's it's brought some things some some things to light that i you know going back and looking at it thinking more about it today than i did two or three months ago per se i got a different perspective on it and it, and it kind of helps me look at things a different way versus and sometimes always in in that heat of the heat of the moment or in acting with emotion sure no i i wish i could impress upon young guys young rookie classes in fact i'm going to probably start making it a thing but just tell a man, start a journal when you first hire on. If nothing else, your kids and grandkids will love looking at it years from now when you're gone. You know what I'm saying? And seeing yeah. what was going on in your brain and, and the and the, <laughs> not to mention how beneficial it would be to yourself, you know, just looking at yeah. what your growth over the years. Okay, I'm going to catch you up on some comments here. We've got from Jeremy Mathis saying, love the hoodie. <laughs> I then posted a link to the uh, Bears of the Oath Honor Code if anybody wants to see that actual, the, because we're going to talk about it quite a bit here. Robert Ramirez said, Shane Bentley, passion and brotherhood personified. Congrats, looking good, my brother. Thank you. Steve Alverson, I appreciate what you stand for, Shane. Timothy McGo says, the stash is gone. Dang, Shane. <laughs> 
Jacob uh, Johnson says Shane Bentley has as much passion as anyone I have met. Nothing but good things coming his way. Glad he is on the podcast. And Devin Craig said, who, I mean, I gotta get it right. Who the fuck is that guy? Somebody called the cops. There's a mustache thief on the loose. Uh, <laughs> I know, man, my wife, she was giving me hell about that earlier. She said, you don't even look, you don't look the same. And so I don't know. Every now and then I just, I take and shave it off and go incognito and grow it right back. So right on, I don't know right why I that. So, but man, I, every one of those guys, man, they're, man, that's, I, I can't, mentors, friends and mentors, man, you couldn't take, I couldn't, uh, that's what I say, man. I'm just the luckiest guy to be able to get to take and be a part of what I get to be a part of, not to mention in the fire service. And that's the best job in the world. So I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine doing anything else or wanting to do anything else. But um, having friends like that, every one of those guys, you know, it's, whether I met them one time or several times, it's, it's, it's humbling, man. Very, very fortunate. Very, very privileged. That's awesome, man. You could not say it better than that. Greatest job on earth. Yeah. All right. Moving on to my next question for you. I want to talk about, you have now, the Bears of the Oath has the conference number two is on the way in March, correct? That's correct. March 11th through 14th. How, how, how was it putting that together? What did you learn? Lessons learned? Uh, obstacles you overcome? If someone wanted to put together a conference, what's your advice to them type deal? Oh, man. It's, uh, it, is, it is kind of a, I ain't going to say it's a struggle because I got, I got so many good friends and so many, so many people that's uh, part of it that make it, you know, you can, it's beyond truly and honest. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's, it has been pretty easy. Um, it's the call, you know, you put it out there and the call is everybody comes and everybody helps and they just, you know, it's, uh, Jacob Johnson, you mentioned him a minute ago is tagging chief in Katy, Texas. He, uh, he, he humbled me big time several times, um, over the last couple months, but, uh, he took in, I, I got to talking to him one day, invited him to come to the conference and he, uh, and that's a big privilege. That was a privilege for me and for him to come join us. And he took and I didn't find out till a couple weeks later that that was his son's spring break. And he canceled his son's spring break at him and his wife and his son is coming out here to Georgia wow. for the week just to be with us for the conference. And he's going to do his mentoring the young class and hang out with us, you know, all week. And, um, the logistics of it, you know, when you got that many people, it's uh, it's kind of a, it's it's a, it's a challenge. Um, but when you got the type of every one of those guys you just named off, man, they're going to be there. Right on, um, these, uh, man. They's where they're coming from: Florida, Kentucky, Ohio, Texas. I mean, they just they come in flocks and they come to help us every time we do it. So we uh, this time it's um, four days. Oh, wow, um, we yeah. Added, yeah, we had to add a day. Um, got a lot of really good classes going on over two different sites. So, but um, I would, man, if I would encourage people to do this, you know, um, everybody, there's a lot of different things, a lot of great training going on in fire service today, a lot of different cadres and groups. Uh, but I would, I would highly encourage anybody to do this if it can benefit the fire service. If they, you can't do it for a person, you know. It's just my opinion. You can't do it for a personal gratification, right? You got to do it for uh, you got to do it for the fire service, and you got to create. My thing is, you got to create an opportunity for people to come somewhere and learn, and not let the the old fashioned stigmatism of the fire service prevent them from coming because they're afraid of what they don't know and how they're going to look or somebody's going to rough them up. Sure, so you got to you got to create that environment to where they want to come and uh, they got they want you got to give them a place to come to where they can take and fail to be successful and not be chastised for it. So 
Um, I would highly advise people to do this. I think it needs more. There's too many. There's too many good guys out there, uh, firefighters and fire service members, girls. Don't matter. There's too many good people out there wanting to do this and got these ideas. And man, I would. Uh, I would highly advise anybody to take and if it would benefit their benefit their department and the fire service, to absolutely do it. Oh, and, and the social media and the internet has made it to where you can you can get the word out of uh, how much great training. Not only that, but you can vet how right. good the instructors are and know that you're getting quality training, man. Uh, you know, it's amazing what, what conferences like the bears of the oath and, and the revolutionary fire tactics of the lake. And of course, what Isaacson got going down in Florida and FD tactics. And, and I mean, I'm, I shouldn't even start naming things cause I'll leave so many out, but yeah. there, there's so many good ones, man. It's just amazing. And so, uh, yeah, absolutely, brother. It's awesome. But awesome. What you're the doing. First one we done last October, we took in, um, I think we ended up with 106, 70, 171 students, um, three nice. days. Uh, we, and we threw it together in a month. Um, wow. We originally talked about doing it in uh, August, and then the COVID thing hit. We kind of backed off, and then we got down to Pensacola for Water on the Fire. And, you know, we left there and said, you know what, we're going to do it. Nice. And literally 30 days, we were able to pull it together. And it was, man, we, so the reward for me is when you leave there and guys call you or text you a few days later and, they say that you uh, you help rejuvenate their fire service career. The biggest one was you made me a better husband and father. Um, that you know that made my eyes wet. So it was, and then there's absolutely no way it would happen without guys, the guys that have that make it what it is. Then the guys, the instructors, we try to treat all the students just like we want to be treated. That's kind of one of the reasons I've done this years ago. We kind of went out on my own doing things was. I wanted to uh, provide those level of classes and the, that instruction that I felt like I deserved. And let's just face it, man, you're not going to take and you're not going to bust your ass and give me all you got, whether it's on shift or in training or at a conference, if you don't genuinely, genu- genuinely know I give a shit about you. It's just the truth. 100%. And, 100%. And, you got, and that's what I think that's what a lot of what we lack in the fire service today. It's okay to care about each other. So, um, but again, this, I just get, I'm just a part, I'm just a small part of it. I, all these guys, gals that keep coming and coming back every time that make it happen and bringing these classes to it, man, they just, you say something about it and they just, all these guys just come out of the woodwork, man. And it's, it's this, the most humbling feeling in the world. That's awesome. Now you got four days coming up in March. So you got, is it, is it two days lectures, two days hot? Is it all mixed up? What kind what kind of schedule are you looking at? <clears throat> so we got, um, two lecture classes. Chief Johnson's coming to do his mentor in the young. Um, Jason Leska is going to do his foundational leadership. And the other eight classes are all hot classes. Okay. Um, so the Thursday and Friday, that uh, the first Thursday and Friday of class, we'll have a – at one site we'll have Build Your Culture, Sean Duffy and Pablo Jenner. Nice. And Arthur, uh, Captain Arthur Ashley will be working side-by-side side with them with his truck class. We'll flip it the next day. Whoever was in the truck class on the first day will go to the search, and whoever was in the search will go to – we call it Uncle Don's truck class. That was, uh, <laughs> that was one of those things that came up in Ohio last year. We First time we'd all got together, and it's like we've been working together for years. Right on. Uncle Don's truck so we, class. Uh, yeah, Uncle Don's truck class, and that's, uh, that's got its own story, but you just have to come and find out about it. But, okay. Um, the uh, – and then we got it, the uh, sister site. We got Nick Pepper doing his uh, his tactical engine class. We got flashover classes. Um, then Saturday and Sunday we'll have 
uh, Herbie Tyler and Rob Ramirez with National Rescue Consultants doing advanced rescue. Oh, yeah. Uh, Saturday and Sunday. So we've got a little bit of everything. Jeremy Mathis with Fast, he'll be doing uh, Saving Their Own class. Uh, man, we got we got Dude, a that's a that's it. a that's a banger of a lineup, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we got guy we got uh, mm. guys with fire and rescue. Jarrett Jenkins and Jeff Adamek doing the uh, Hamaltro making space. Uh, we got man, we got some really cool classes going on. We got and then we got one of our original classes that we actually started doing several years ago. Um, it's called the Oathful Can. It's a can class. Um, it's a can thermal imaging class. Uh, really emphasizes hitting that. Uh, Hitting that, sorry, automatic lights. You got a clapper? Yeah, that's what, that's what it is. <laughs> uh, but it uh, it really emphasizes hitting how how uh, important a water can can be in starting and prior, prioritizing the search. No, that's so, awesome. Uh, so it's uh, we got a little bit of everything. Most of the classes that we have done over the years have been um, hot classes. Everything's just live fire. We use live victims a lot of times. I know it's, a lot of people say it's taboo, but we try to create the most realistic scenarios and classes that we absolutely can. And the only way to do that is with the absolute best, most passionate fire instructor you can put with them. That's and awesome. so uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a star studded lineup, man. They're those, these guys, man, they're, I can't say enough about them ever. No doubt. So. I gotta, I gotta respond to a couple of these comments. Just to, cause yeah, dude, you start talking about it, dude. That is, that is amazing. Uh, LJ guy said it best right here. He said, dang, I've never heard of Shane Bentley until this scrap, but just from listening to him, the fire service needs more just like him. This cat is humble and wants the best for everyone in this craft. Solid man. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Man. Uh, Tony Nunez said, you don't know what you don't know until you know what you don't know, what you didn't know. That's and right. These conferences make that more true every time, dude. That is, that is Perfectly said, Tony. Uh, well said. Joey Hez says, we are seeing an influx in the micro-conference or local conferences, I like to call it, but it's best when those who teach at the smaller ones are students of the larger conferences, and most importantly, give credit to those you learn from, even if you teach a different version. This was That's not, right. Yeah, he said, this was not directed at you, Shane. Keep killing it, brother, with the fist bump. No, so. man, I, I couldn't agree with you more. As, that's, that's one thing about I will say about uh, myself and all the guys that um, I get to pal around with, we are – we spend as much time training and attending other classes as we do holding classes. And that's, I mean, you have to remain a student in the game. Gotta get my, my notepad's in the wrong spot here. So I got to keep taking notes. Get my pen. Got to have my G2. There All you right. go. So I want to get into the Bears of the Oath Honor Code, Code of Honor. All right. Uh, I, I, earlier in the, if you guys want to scroll up, in fact, I'll probably just repost it right here. If anybody wants to see it. This is just a link to a picture of it, but uh, get my notes back up here. Here we go. Now I'm going to read through the whole thing. Okay. So it starts with save lives, protect property. Uh, pretty simple starting, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to let you talk about where this all came from. I'm going to read through it first, let you talk about where it came from, wh- how, why you wrote it. And then I want to pick apart certain parts of it and talk to you about it. We can rabbit hole. And of course, any questions or comments from the audience, I would, would welcome them. So it says save lives, protect property. Then it's be nice to our customers, be nice to each other. Search every job, search every time. Train till you do not get it wrong. Train because your family deserves it. Train because your company would want you rescuing their family. Train because it's your job. Job equals work, work builds character. Do not make your company look bad. Leave it better than you found it. Help each other be right, not wrong. 
Respect your crew. Respect your company. Respect every job as if it were personal loss. Be loyal. Show empathy. Be vulnerable. Do not show your vulnerability to everyone. Honor your oath you signed up for. You signed up. Honor your oath you signed up for. Good enough is never good. Do not bitch. Do not walk past a problem you can fix. Do not become a part of the problem. Simply fix it. Become the standard, not the minimum standard. Screw what they think and do your job. So there it is, man. I hope I didn't bitter it too bad. Here's my notes on it. No, man. It's, uh, every time, I mean, you know, that's, that's part of it. Every time I hear somebody read it off, I, it, it really takes and it kind of, it, it gives me, gives me chills sometimes because, um, like I said, the original version is not that wording. I took in when I decided to take and put a trademark name with it and that traditional handshake that most Williams teach fire service history like they should anymore, man. And a lot of people, a lot of the, uh, especially at my department, we're very young. I'm the old guy. And so they didn't even know what the crossed hands were from the insurance markers. And man, to me, that's important. And I, and I struggled for months looking for the right logo. Right. And I, I and in my old office, I had uh, a bunch of insurance markers lying in the header of the ceiling. And I was sitting there one night and I was, man, I was like, man, I got to, I just, what what am I going to call this? And I just looked up one night, and there it was. And I went, "Son of a bitch!" There it there is. There it is. I love yeah. that man. Yeah, and I, and I, and it hit me like, and I was so excited, I didn't even sleep that night. And uh, then I took and kind of formatted it and put it in. But the original version of what you just read was not that, that wording. Like I said, I took and um, I changed it to fire service terminology because I knew, like I said, I done it for a selfish reason, and I knew that people would want to take and they would wear it. And I would see it, and it would hold me accountable. Um, but the save lives, protect property is simple. It's my wife and my kids and my family. Um, I was, uh, I, str- I, you know, I, I say it all the time. I, I, I'm a victim of the fire service too, and it's by my own decision because I, uh, I got, I put the fire service in front of my family and my, my, and my wife and my kids so many times, and consciously knew it, and that you know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't didn't involve them like I should because I was you know I thought I was doing the right thing every time because I was making myself better and I was but to be honest with you I, I put my priorities were wrong and there's uh, several of those man there's there's a lot of Brunacini in there I had the uh, I had the privilege of getting to know Chief Bruno very well um, just lucky and to be nice to our customers that was that was that came straight from him at right. FDIC in 2016 um we sitting in the in one of the uh, little side side delis one day and we were sitting there and we was talking about some things and and just exchanging things and anyhow and that's but every one of them is a personal failure that at some point in time i was lacking and i took each one of the original statements and just put this terminology with it um so it'd be more relatable but when i see it I see that, but I see the original version of it every time. And that's um, the vulnerable part of it was I was so selfish at times that I was not being vulnerable. Um, and the vulnerable and disguising my vulnerability was, um, was holding me back from actually being who I am today. And um, once I started realizing and seeing the passion was there, I had the passion. It just, 
how I was going about doing it was jeopardizing other things. And I, I hadn't always been this way. Uh, I mean, I've always been a, a passionate or, you know, I've always loved the job and been, um, I've always been excited about the job and loved the job, but it was meeting certain mentors that actually give me that opportunity to take and feel comfortable being who I am about the fire right, service. Right. And I think that's, I think that's common for a lot of guys, uh, a lot of people in the fire service, because, you know, there's, I, I said it earlier, the stigmatism of the fire service, man, we're still doing it to each other. You know, it's Pablo Jenner says it best, man, we're selling ourselves bullshit. And uh, the thing is, is you, he's and something else. He says, you can't fake passion. And, yes. Um, the thing is with that is, but people are afraid to get out of that comfort zone, their circle, because they're afraid of what other people think. And, you know, I, I just, I got arrogant enough to, to take and stand up and say, you know, what, we're not going to do this. If we're going to do this, we're going to do it this way. And we're going to take and welcome everybody. We're going to extend our hand to them when they slip and fall. We're going to take and extend our hand to them and, you know, give them that opportunity, but it all goes back to doing the right thing and caring about each other. And that has nothing to do with the fire service. Nice. So, yeah, there's a, uh, ever there's man, the uh, training thing is I was very fortunate. Um, when I started in the fire service, my first captain, uh, man, that day I walked in, you know, I was looking, I was looking at, I was like, damn, who's this guy? Right. You know, he's looking at me like, who's this guy? Right. And, you know, and, um, it was an honor like, Last week, we, we've been going through some promotional process here at work. And to have him come in and sit down on the interview board um, and interview people that's applying for a lieutenant's position here were guys that were actually at this department with me. And when I came up here to where I'm at now, they followed me and came. And for him to actually come up here and sit on that promotional, that was, uh, you know, that, that was big for me because he, he – um, He's always been meant a lot to me, and we went through a lot together. But leaving, leaving him and the fire department that I started with, I didn't leave that city. I left my family, and that was, uh, you know, I almost didn't make that decision because I was so loyal. I didn't want to leave them, um, but at the same time, you know, it was the humbleness that came with it that they supported me when I left. You know, it was, and they still do to this day. So, uh, it's, I mean, I, I probably. I know there's a lot of people say it, but I'm probably the luckiest son of a bitch in the fire service. Man, I love that, man. I love that. That's awesome, man. Uh, just that attitude, man. When you, you can hear it in your voice when you say it. So, uh, I'm going to bring some stuff at you here and then we'll get back to the code of honor. Uh, Jacob, right. Jacob Johnson said, I consider him to be a leader on the job, like chief Randwalt, chief Isaacson, captain Ashley, and many more. You will be seeing him for a long time. Thank you, sir. Uh, Devin Craig said, we need more people like him. We need more leaders and less officers. Uh, Matt Sparky Powell said, I agree. Fire service history needs to be brought back. It's part of where we come from and who we are. I feel like we need to honor those who came before us and paved, and paved the way for those that come after us. Yeah, I, I, I agree yeah. anymore. Uh, right here, Steve Tammy Alverson said, it's all about leadership. Um, there we go. And Devin Craig said, laugh out loud, arrogant, right. You are doing the right thing, and that's never arrogant. <laughs> uh, uh man i you you talked about uh steve alverson he, he's you've mentioned him twice uh very good friend very a mentor um he's a retired chief in the green in the uh, greenville south carolina area been a good friend of mine for 
four, three, four, four, five years. Um, he's part of Bears of the Oats. He comes down and supports us and helps us. Um, retired chief and still taking classes, still teaching classes. Um, man, I, these guys that you're naming off, man, they're friends and mentors, and I don't want to disappoint them. And, and that's part of that accountability is, you know, it's, it's some days are a struggle for everybody. But you know what? Knowing that I have friends like I do, I, you know, I don't want to disappoint them. So it's uh, sometimes it's uh, you have to sit and reflect. I think everybody needs uh, – self-reflection i told I, the guys that here at the department i work at man I, they've done they're very young but they've they're very trusting and they've taken and allowed me to take and be their leader and trust me and you know i i, I would never want to disappoint them but i tell them all the time look man when you get up in the morning your feet hit the ground you got five to six seven minutes in the bathroom with the door shut brushing your teeth if you can't brush your teeth and look in the mirror and be proud of what you're doing and say that you're doing something a little bit better to make things better for everybody every day and pat yourself on the back just like that, and that's okay as long as the door's closed. When you open that door, it becomes about everybody else at that wow, point in time. Nice. And so, but you get that, you got to have that little bit of time to take in when you're brushing your teeth because if you can't look at yourself in the mirror, you have to self reflect, and we all have to self reflect. So, um, it's man, it's those. Uh, I I don't ever want to let nobody down. And, you know, it's not. It's, I was always talking. I was talking to one of the guys that worked here a while ago, and he. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I am arrogant at times, and it's not by it's not by uh, you know out of just rudeness. It's just there's a certain expectation that I feel is expected out of me, and I expect out of everybody else. And you know, it's, he said, "Man," he said, "Well, we." We're not ever going to be perfect. I said, absolutely not. I said, but what we will be is profession at chasing perfection. And I said, that's not, you know, that's, that's nice. everybody says that, but we have to take. And he said, well, how do you know if you're doing a good job? I said, well, I'll tell you like this. I said, I don't like being second to nothing. And I said, if I'm going to follow and trust somebody, they better lead me. And I said, if they're not going to lead me, I said, I'm going to, I'm, I'm probably going to be that guy that takes and goes and starts looking for something or somebody else. Right we'll go to them and be honest with them and say, hey, are we doing the right thing here? And I think that's what a lot of the fire service, I know it is, lacks, is that being able to go to each other and say, hey, man, we suck. We absolutely suck right now. What do we got to do to get better? What's going on in life that's preventing us from being the best when somebody needs us at any time of the day? Ooh. And you know, so, But the reality of it is, is it happens every day for everybody. And we got four rules at this fire department. And uh, a little side note is – the four rules are that you show up to work on time, which is early. My early is a little bit different than everybody else's. I'm here two hours early, but you show up to work on time, and that's early. You're going to eat together, pray together, you're going to train together, and you're going to do chores together. If you can abide by those four rules, you'll never get into any kind of SOGs or SOPs. And uh, it, I, I never realized how effective that was to last week when we was doing those interviews the human resources manager, she was asking them, are you, are you familiar with SOP on this or SOP on that? And all of them, we videoed them so we could go back and watch it. And all of their answers was, no, ma'am, I'm not. But what they didn't realize is they knew every SOP because our st- we hold ourselves to such a standard. Such and, she, a, yeah. and she took and told, us, told me at the end of it when they were done because we didn't sit in on the interviews. We had other people sit in on them to be fair and, you know, be biased, not to be biased towards anybody, but she said, they all said no. She said, but I commend you because 
they knew the answers. They just didn't know that that's what's in the blue book. Right on. The and culture I, was uh, there. Yeah. And so I was, uh, that, that was one of those things where I, you know, I really made me feel good because, uh, you know, but it all goes back to trust, man. hundred percent, dude. You cannot say it better. Dude, I can listen to that. I love, I love the fact of, uh, close the door, brush your teeth. Get out of your system. Yeah. When you open that door, it's all about them, dude. I love that. Okay, I'm going to read you some more from Scott Lawson. Says Shane got to be a good guy to let Captain Ashley help him. Great words. Thank you from the capital world of Bourbon, Kentucky. Uh, we got Lee Humphrey. Shane also loved to get his leg rubs. So there might be a story there. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, Robert Ramirez says this is Shane Bentley, 24/7, 365. Whether it's 2 p.m. on a Tuesday or 2 a.m. on a Saturday, this is how every single conversation I have ever had with him goes. Sean Duffy's chiming in. Accountability breeds responsibility. My man Shane spitting the facts. Sean and Shane on point. Excuse me. Uh, you're not disappointing anyone, bro, from Basil Ibrahim. You lead by example. You lead from the front while having your guys back. Be proud and keep going. It's contagious. Thank and you, guys. Matt Ruark said you are the one person I can go to, job or not job related, and I know there's going to be no BS. So, man, you got a lot of people definitely who uh, are uh, – what, 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 advocating the, the authenticity of what you're saying. So congratulations on that. Uh, thank you. It's uh man. Sometimes I feel like thank you is not enough because these guys are always so pure and supportive. And um, man, I, I, it's, I, man, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm extremely lucky, very humble. I can say, yeah, I've done a lot of these scraps now and I can say that uh, this, that, that there, there is a lot of support for you. So that is a thing that is not always, uh, apparent when every guest and I'm not singling anybody out or anything like that. I'm just saying that is an unusual thing. So be proud of it. I love I this, uh, the code of honor. I love it. It's a creed, uh, that if anybody lived up to those 23 things that are in it, I think they would be, uh, so respected and so far ahead of the game. You know what I'm saying? If they could live up to all 23. Now, what I want to ask you is, are there certain ones that you struggle with personally or that you wish you were better at? Yeah, all of them. Um, and I and I don't mean to take a cheap way out, but there are. Yeah, I struggle. I do still struggle with uh, several of them. Um, but I, I, I do. My wife is my wife is probably the one person that humbles me <laughs> more than anybody at times, and uh, never walk past a problem that you can't fix. And and that's not just not you know not taking the trash out. That's making sure you're addressing the issues. And when your wife tells you that and you, and she, when she's telling me that, that means I'm not giving the attention to something at home that I should be. And and I, I would be, you know, a fool to tell you that sometimes it didn't rub me the wrong way or piss me off. But you know what? As who better would you want not hear it from than the ones that the, the closest, the ones that love you the most, the ones that's closest to you? Because if I can't take it from them or any of these guys, that just you know, that's complimenting. I, I'm I'm a fake, and and I don't want to disappoint nobody. Right on, right on. Moving on, I got, you are obviously a very passionate firefighter. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, have you always been that way or is this a, is this a evolution of you or have you all, I mean, just kind of your, your personal story? Well, uh, yes and no. Um, when I started volunteering, um, and when I got, when I started volunteering, it was, uh, one of those things where I just fell in love with it, you know, I, and I'm one of those guys that I, I have to learn hands on and, I want to know, I want to know why right then. I don't like saying, I don't like the fact of not knowing because if I don't understand it, then that means I can't do it. And so I, you know, I really fell in love with the job 
I thought at that point, but then when I went to work as a paid firefighter, it, uh, you know, I really started learning. I, I was fortunate enough to get to ride backwards and as a firefighter for several years. Um, and I learned more. I learned more about the job that being the low man on shift. I, I'll be honest with you. That is a lot of people say, what's the best job in the fire service? Well, that is it to me. That is it. Um, you earn your way. Um, and I, I took when I learned when I was a, when I was a low man on shift and I was the backseat guy that I learned quick the expectations that I had that was expected out of me. Um, but I also learned that I didn't like doing things traditionally. I didn't like always doing things as just because I was a low man. I always tried to do it better. Okay. And um, and, you know, whether I always tried to put my own twist on it or not, and it wasn't always received that well. Um, it took a while and my mouth has always been pretty big. So I, <laughs> a lot of times I didn't know when to keep my mouth shut. But right. I had a lot of really good, a lot of really good ass chewings and ass kickings behind closed doors and guys that took in, uh, that kind of like who I was referred to one time as that pain in the ass you needed and, um, the potential that they gave me if I didn't, I'm glad I, I realized it, it uh, you know, several years in because, if I would have missed that boat, I might not be where I'm at now. And but I, there's no way that I would be here without these guys. And so I, I, I kind of I rode the. Uh, I thought I was doing really well, and then uh, after going advancing a little bit and going into taking classes in the fire service, I was really disappointed. Um, I, again, I was I needed to know why and how, and I felt like a lot of times that I didn't get that. And I always watch people say, you know. The question was asked, does anybody have any questions? And everybody's looking around and then nobody's saying nothing. I'm like, yeah, I do. I, you know, and then I started realizing people aren't comfortable asking questions. Mm -hmm. They don't want to show their ignorance. Yeah, absolutely. They're afraid. And because, you know, we've generally done well at beating the shit out of each other all the time. And, uh, and so I I realized then, you know, I said, man, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to go learn how to do this and I'm going to start doing it my way and I'm going to start taking and creating. I didn't realize it was a culture at that time, um, but I'm going to start doing something different, and I want to take and provide what I wanted. And doing that was you had to take and get people to trust you, and you had to give a shit about them and care about them. And I didn't feel like that I could ask anything out of anybody till they trusted me. And so we'd go above and beyond to making sure. And that, that was just as simple as changing somebody's morning when they walked in and asking about their family getting their mind off being nervous because they're coming to training. But if you know somebody, you know, somebody's name and you know, they got kids or, you know, if you, you catch them off guard like that, then they look at you and then they feel, they feel, they feel like they are somebody because they're just, they're just not a student then. Right. And so uh, I learned really, I learned that you had to take in to get people's attention and to get what you wanted out of them. You had to, you had to take in, you had to get to know them, but you couldn't do it. You had to manipulate them is what you had to do. You had to manipulate them for a positive outcome, but if, in a lot in the word, everybody hears the word manipulation. I love and that. I love where you're going. Yeah. Everybody thinks manipulation. Oh shit, that's terrible. Well, unless you put for a positive outcome right behind right, it, right? It changes. And so um, we would. We got. I got really good at trying to manipulate people to get them to realize that they were capable of doing a lot more than they thought they were. And so when by doing that, it just kind of. I got really, uh, I got, I got geared up and kind of 
evolutionized myself, I guess, to where I'm at today. And, and then I didn't realize for a long time what was happening. And then I realized that just a few years ago, I said, man, there's, I've created a guy told me one time on a rec call on an NBA. He said, uh, y'all gonna, uh, y'all gonna take and y'all going back to join, uh, you're going back to the cult. And I kind of, that's a buddy of mine. He's, he said it to him and I was like, man, no, I said, this is the thing. I said, do you know where the word cult comes from? And he said, what do you mean? I said, you're welcome to come join at any time. I said, cults affiliated with culture and, you know, nice. just little things like that. And, um, but now, you know, it was, there was a time where I was extremely arrogant about it, but now I tried, I really try to make sure that you got to learn people's traits and their habits, especially when they're in a class setting. Nobody wants to sit on the front row. So I always sat on the front row in the middle every time. And I felt like if I was any further back from that, I was going to mess something. So, uh, you know, and just encouraging people that it's okay and to take and step outside their circle and until they do that. But once they do that one time, all they got to do it is yes. one time outside their circle. They do that shit one time and then they and, and they do something that they think they couldn't do or right on. they expect themselves to do. <clears throat> then they start building that. They start building. They feel good about themselves and they start building confidence. And you got to tell them too. You got to tell them, look, man, good job. I'm proud of you. And then you just took and you just, you just almost lit a fire. Oh yeah. It's a positive yeah. upward spiral, man. And yeah. they do it. And start manipulation. Yeah. There it is. A positive manipulation. No, I know yeah. most people think of manipulation. You know, you think of it, it's, it's, it's to get stuff out of your, for your own end. You know what I'm saying? But when, what you're talking about is, you know, the, the positive side of manipulation. It's just, it's great, man. Solid. Yeah. Now, Ryan King said it. Positive manipulation, solid advice. Robert Ortega chiming in said, my man, Shane, get some. Thank you, man. Uh, Thank you, Tony again coming in and saying, there's no better way to better yourself than being better than yourself. That's a great way of stating it, man. Every day, uh, yeah, a little bit better. It is. The uh, man, I tell you, I tell you what else is you learn as you start meeting. You know, you think everybody from if you're not in the fire service and everybody looking from the fire from the outside of the fire service, the general public has this perception of the fire service, right? And whether they they look at them as heroic or they look at those they look at us as we're supposed to be those people that because that's who they're calling when they need help and but what that's what i we got a class we do and it doesn't even pertain to the fire service they think it does but what people don't realize is some people have the perception that they think that we're different than them and and but the thing is is in a way some of us might be but at the same time we all have our struggles right we all have our weaknesses we all have our struggles and when you can be relatable to somebody and you really start to get to know them you don't have they have you nor they do they have no idea what they're actually capable of and i as i we kind of last couple of years we've hired a lot of really young uh members for at our fire department and i've been asked uh are you crazy hiring all these people, these young guys and girls are so green? I said, yes, sir. I'm absolutely crazy. I said, because <laughs> I'm on, at 18 years old, 19, 20 years old, when an 18-year-old kid walks up one day just out of the blue and he says, hey, what do I got to do to start hanging around here and learning about firefighting? You better grab him. You better hug him. You better tell him thank you because he just gave you an opportunity to change his life. And he's still here today and hadn't left and didn't leave for two years and waited his chance to get hired. But we got several of them that. And 
and they don't have and and, and that's the thing that's the thing with that about the four rules eating supper eating eating together guess what that is the time around the table is when people really start learning about each other and you really learn today that it ain't society's nothing like it used to be and life in general is not but it doesn't mean that life in society is terrible it's what we make out of it but Man, when you can take a young kid that comes from a broken home and he's might not he's never had any kind of figure in his life, he needs that. She needs that. And you're getting the opportunity to take and give them direction for the rest of their life right right then. You might have them for a year, you might have them for three years, but if you can take and build their character right then and there, the chances are they'll never veer from it if you they trust you and you never disappoint them. And if you do, you own up to it. You have to. You have to. You have to own up to it every time. Jim Moss said, "You got it. You have to own up to it when you do it. Make it history, and take and move forward, and, and erase it." Love so, it. dude. Yeah, I could listen to that all day, dude. That is powerful, man. That eat together, man, and and making that impact. That dude, that is strong stuff. Uh, Jacob Johnson said, stop the bitching and start immersing yourself in the job and your rookies. You owe it to them to be your best citizens and rookies, two most important groups of people in your career. That's well said, Jacob. It really is. <clears throat> George Robertson Jr. said, you have to be invested in your guys and your students. When you instruct, you can find something positive in what they are doing. Even when they suck at a skill, that positive reinforcement, even if it is on a small thing, will go a long ways to start building them up. All right. No, there's solid stuff. Solid stuff. All right, back to my notes here, getting back on track. Um, Drew Elliott said, you can learn more about the job at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee than a conference with a certificate. And there's a lot yeah. of truth to that statement right there. Yeah, there is. Sure is. And here we go. Jeremy uh, chiming in. Leaders have to do every, true first culture. Leaders have to do everything they can to add value to others' lives every chance that they can. Do not miss an opportunity, man. You are not wrong. Take right. every chance you can take. Um, I love this question. I've been asking it a lot lately on the scrap, and it's uh, let's talk about uh, if someone is in a department, on a shift, on a crew, whatever you want to put them, and their passion is being smothered, uh, the culture is about embracing the minimum. What's your advice to that type of person? I know it's a tough question, I know, but go. Yeah, it is, unless you like looking for it, because I do. There um, you go. I like, I like the challenge of it, but I also like the – the opportunity you get to take in, really take and sit down and figure out what the hindrance is. Um, we had this conversation this uh, this afternoon. You know what? If you're being held back, there's two reasons you're being held back. One is somebody's holding you back, and they don't want they 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 feel intimidated by what you know or what you could be, but you got to have somebody that you can trust and go to. And I think that's part of our job as, uh, as, as fire service members is if you see this happening within your department or you got friends that this happens to, or, you know, people it's happening to it's your, it's, it's your job and your diligence to take and help them take and emerge from that. But you got to take and create it to where they want to take and make that situation with whoever's holding them back. And, and a lot of times that's, you you know you have to divert from the fire service and go find out why what's going on with who's holding them back or why they're being held back. It might not be the fire service that's holding them back. It might be something that's going on in everyday life. Right. And we might and if we don't if you don't know the people that you work with, if you don't create an environment to where everybody 
feels comfortable being some kind of vulnerable with each other at times. You don't know what's going on. When they walk through the door every day, you got to know each other. You owe it to yourself and to your crew to know if they come through that door that day, something ain't right. And if it ain't right and they're responsible for driving that truck, you better move your ass over and drive for them. And if they're not ready to talk about it, you let them know you're ready to listen and they'll come to you. But you don't, you can't take and ignore those things because those things right there that are preventable or it gives somebody an opportunity to open up and get things off their chest or to tell you because it could be something simple or it could be something as, as, as severe as somebody fixing to lose their family. Right, and, right. You know, and, and, but if you don't know that till that point, we fell in, we're failing as a fire service because we should know the people we work with well enough. And people disagree with me on this all the time, and that's okay. But we should know the people well enough that we work with that when something's not right. And because life gets in the way. Right. I would love to know who disagrees with you on that because I would love to argue with them because I think that is one of the keys to being a, a if, if not the actual official company officer, then being a leader in the fire services, forming those relationships and that trust with those people that you work with. So anyway, I, I don't think you're wrong at all. In fact, you're, I'm the choir. You're preaching at me, and I, I'm loving it. So, uh, But I do want to ask you this. You said there was two things that hold you back. Someone is holding you back, but you didn't get to number two. So I want to hear number two because I'm really interested. I'm making notes here. You're holding yourself back. Okay. I figured it was going there, but I wanted to, I wanted to hear it. You're holding yourself back because you, you don't have enough confidence. You don't have enough growth. You don't have enough support. Um, and everything prior to that point, at that point is there's a reason for that. And, but that is our job is to be able to see, you got to find that. That's, that's what we were talking about earlier. I was talking to some of the guys, man, it's, it's our job to find out what we can do to be the absolute best. I said, it, it does not matter which house is on fire or where it's at. I said, I want to go. I want to be there. Yes. I want to be the first one there. I said, I'm not worried. I, I hope you got, I, I hope we train our guys good enough with the nozzles to be able to take and recognize where to start changing conditions. I want to be the first some bitch coming in that house searching for somebody. I don't give a shit about being on the nozzle anymore unless I have to be. I want to be searching. I have a rule that how prepared can you be and how many what-ifs can you take out before the actual bell comes in. Nice on. And mine is, so if you take out all the what-ifs, right, if you take out what-if this, what-if that, what-if you, if you sit down with your crew and your guys, and you start talking about uh, talking about all the what ifs that you could take out, you'll be surprised on how much more efficient you could be. Oh yeah, and I love that. So it doesn't matter if it's a fire alarm, possible structure fire, or a confirmed structure fire. There's 15 kids and 25 adults in every structure we're going to, and that's a pretty bad day. I hope like hell it never happens. But guess what? In my mind, every time we're going to it, whether it's a fire alarm or not, that's there. And the only and so the odds are that when we get there, as soon as we can get started and get to work, we can change that, nice. whether they're there or not. And if we can take and change that, that means the situation's going to get better. But they're there till we clear the structure, and they're not there every time. So it takes out that mentality of possible victims, possible entrapment. There's entrapment every time you clear it, and that's it. And you have to do that. And you, but I had to I had to do that and put myself in that mindset, right? And when I got on the truck, it takes out so many different things that I have to worry or wonder about because when I get off the truck, I got four responsibilities. And sooner I can get them four responsibilities done and how well my, my, my crew is, including myself, is trained and versed and together when we show up, 
I can get my full responsibilities done. I can get my ass in that house. Right on, right on. Dude, I love it. It's like I'm, I, Dave LeBlanc and I, Bill Carey is, you know, is, is a, a influence on him. But the expect fire, expect victims, and, right? And like you're extrapolating that even further, saying expect twenty five victims, expect fully. You know, yeah. I love it, man. I love that mindset. <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, we took in. We done a class for the first time in January. Um, we kind of we wanted to say, man, let's start the year off right. Let's let's throw a live fire class together, and we called it "What's Your Plan?" And it came from a bunch of guys that I look up to and took in. I, I value their opinion, and and we all had these same concepts. How can you make your basic structural fire class control class better? And and what are we seeing when you're actually going to these calls? And with today's fire service, well, everybody's everybody's is a little different. Well, ours is like I said, it's very young. So I got tired of pulling up on scene and seeing young fire service members standing there and let terrible damn look in their face because they don't know what to do right and no, yeah that, we're failing them as a fire service in their training and somebody's got to take responsibility for that shit and so we said all right well, let's do this let's find out how many people will be courageous enough to come to a class that's called what's your plan wouldn't not telling none of them about none of it and making their exposing themselves and making them vulnerable so what we did is we took and we put it out there. It was going to have, I think, 30. We ended up with 56. Wow. Um, I got a bad problem when telling people, no, if you want to come train, we'll make it work. And so, <laughs> that's, a, um, that's a great problem, man. Probably yeah. not for you, but yeah. It, but the thing is, is so we took a uh, one of the training facilities that we use. They're gracious enough to let us use it anytime we want to. We took and we took a little bit different avenue and a, uh, approach to it. Uh, as soon as we had our morning briefings, we took and set the building on fire, gave them a fire engine, said, there you go. What are you going to do? And they all looked at us like, what? <laughs> and, and like we had, we put, set the building on fire on the division one, division two, and had a lot of victims in there and Whoa. said, there you go. There you Dude. go. And uh, I think two day, uh, that was on a Thursday on Friday. We had had 56 students and run, I think 32 scenarios. Wow. Man, that's so, amazing, man. That's awesome. But I, and again, it goes back to all these guys that's been commenting. Um, we couldn't do, I, there's no way that kind of, that right. level of training would happen. But it also takes people to say, oh shit, hey, I'm being put on the spot first right here. And you had big metro departments there. You had small sure. rural departments there. We had a combination and all of them exposed themselves to take yeah. and show. I have a question for you on that. Was there was there leaders that stepped forward and said, "I'm willing to go first and yeah. and and show my vulnerability"? Did they set the tone? There was, there okay. was, a, uh, there was four groups that stood up and said, "Yeah, we want to go." Um, and we, the uh, facility that we use is um, is able to accommodate uh, vertical ventilation as well. Nice. And so we we didn't we we didn't take nothing out. We left it. It's, told them everything's in play. It's theirs. We even let them load the hoses on the truck the way they wanted them. Nice and. So we give them all, and we put four forcible entry doors on each side of the building. And it was by the, you know, two days later, it wasn't the fact that people showed themselves vulnerable. How many times could they get reps and sets in to see how, how much better they could be and trying it different ways? So, and it was, um, but that's, I think that's what we got to do in the fire service is, you know, there's laws and different things that say we can and can't do this, but I'll be honest with you. It happens right now. There ain't no damn law telling us what's going to happen or what we can or can't do. Because my thing is, if OSHA was so damn smart in 1983, it wouldn't have been two in, two out. It would have been four in, four out, or five in, five out. Maybe we wouldn't have staffing issues like we have today. Right on, right on.
you know, so it's who dictates really what happens if you take and put the best instructors and people can say, well, you safe it to death. Well, you have to be really safe in this scenario with these scenarios, but knock on wood, we've never had any injuries and we're, and we continue advancing it. And, but that's also where it takes eventually you bring people together, like build your culture, Robert Marius, Herbie Tyler, all these guys, um, all these guys, Todd Shepard up in Ohio, this coming Chris Kessinger, Arthur Ashley, all these guys, man, that's coming from Justin Fraze, Devin Craig, all, they're coming to do stuff like this because some say we're pushing the limits. I say we're taking and being as real and creating the realest scenarios and giving these students the best ability to take and understand what to expect when they get there. That's and, awesome. Dude, dude, and so many names you just mentioned that are just amazing. So uh, I got yeah. a couple to throw at you. Um, a lot of it's coming from back in the what we were talking about. I feel when we only view each other as coworkers, we lose sight of how to coexist and actually invest in one another. Of course, that comes from Sean Duffy, Build Your Culture. So, of course, uh, he's big on relationships. Tony Nunes says, definitely way too many coworkers these days, brother. Uh, Jacob Johnson said, if you build relationships, you will build culture. You will build the brotherhood. And that really is the key to building a culture is to build those relationships. Man, that's right. that's well said, Jacob. Uh, Sean Duffy came back in, replying to Jacob, said, we have to learn that brotherhood and friendship are two very different things. And that's solid. Uh, yeah, that's solid. Uh, Pablo, speaking of Pablo, he, he chimed in. Uh, Jenner, setting the expectations from day one. Don't expect to run a frat house and expect firehouse results when it's time to cowboy up. That's right. So I might turn that one into a... Uh, into a motivational post at some point. So I gotta, I gotta, so I gotta save that one. Let me pin it so I can find it later. Um, Garrett toast says, will you be giving the, what's your plan class again? That sounds like an awesome experience. Yes, we will. We'll be, we'll do it anytime, anywhere. Anybody wants to do it. It doesn't have to be in Georgia. If you want to do it, your department will allow it. We will come do it. It's awesome. All right. I always like to ask, is there, a book or books that you think firefighters should be reading. Yeah, I, I think that that's one thing you talked about in my earlier career. I sucked at reading. Um, I, I, and I, and it was same with PowerPoint. I, you know, if you're going to, if I have to be involved in a class of PowerPoint, it better be intriguing and it better cap it. You better capture me right off the bat. Love it. And that comes with the instructor too. So, but I also found that I did enjoy reading once I started finding things that I could relate to and understood. And, um, I have to read over and over several times, but the one here lately, I start my day off um, every morning with uh, leadership with John C. Maxwell, the little devotional with it's got the date. Um, and I, I, I give those out. We, we, I bought them and give them out to everybody that works here on shift. And we encourage that to, for everybody to take and, you know, read it together in the morning. Cause it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a good way to start the day. Dude, I'm a um, huge Maxwell fan. So when you say that, I love that, man. I just want to come and chime in. So sorry. That came from Chief Alberson, Steve Alberson. He gave me that several uh, – I thought the date was in it, but it's not. He gave me – I still got the book he gave me probably four years ago and start over reading it every year. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah, it's – and guys I wanted to be like, man, uh, somebody said, made the comment not too long ago. They said, it doesn't matter what people think of you. Well, you're terribly wrong. It does matter what people think of you. You can, you know, and you can differentiate and think that it doesn't. It does matter what people think of you um, because how people perceive you is one thing, but how people, what they think of you 
means a lot because I don't want nobody telling my kids that I was a piece of shit and an asshole. I want my telling my kids, yeah, your dad was he might have been he might have been arrogant, but he was he was passionate and he cared about the fire service and he loved his kids and that's what I want them t- telling us. So it does matter what people think about you. So, but um, right now, what's big for me is firefighter success. Um, we're actually using that in um, in the promotional process. Um, Great book, uh, Moss's book. Yeah. And if you only get one, I honestly I don't say this lightly. Like if you've never read a leadership book and you're just going to get one firefighter book, Firefighter Success is a great one to pick yeah, it up, man, because it covers all the bases. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, uh, Chief Escuso, uh, Step Up and yeah, Lead. Man, all, yeah. all the books. That have, but I tell you one that's really got me. Um, I, had, I had a guy tell me a, a couple months ago. He said, "He, he said, do you?" Uh, you watch the news. I said, man, I quit watching the news last May. I, I said, I, I watch very little TV anymore. I said, I listen to podcasts and I study, I study the people in the fire service that I want to be like. And um, I said, but why, why do you ask? And he said, what do you, do you always listen to the same thing? I said, yeah, pretty much. He said, you need to take a break from it. He said, and listen to something else. I right. said, okay. And he told me, he said, you need, you want something fast and high speed and to keep your attention. Right. And I said, yeah. And he said, Matthew McConaughey, green lights. Oh, wow. And wow, and, 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 yeah, and I was like, and uh, so that's what I listen to every day on the way to work, and now I'm on the second time listening to it. Nice. And okay, I'll check that out then. It's it's funny, man. It's it's hearing him talk and, and sure. talk about his life, man. It's crazy, but it's fun. But it also gives me a uh, a real life aspect too. It's sure. not just all come into work and it's fire service leadership or fire. It it gives me a real life approachable aspect to things other than just the fire service i'm asking for a uh, uh, dave he asked what was the name of the book again the maxwell book uh it's the leadership promises for every day yes uh there you go it's a little devotional book it's got a date for every day in it and it's got a devotional nice. so i think you can get them on amazon i think they're seven eight dollars something like that they're good books perfect um little short short daily devotionals so um but uh, Chief Thompson's book and Firefighter Success. Yeah. I've really been studying them. That just the the re, how he when he started at the colony and to what it is today, and how they how they went through and and broke down every aspect of the co- the colony yes. and how he buy in from the from the community and the city. Uh, you know, it was, I could relate to that, and um, so I, I use a lot of that at times when. We're talking about doing different things here and how to take and manipulate the people that are voted in that they support you. But how do you take and relate to them to get them to understand? Right, right. And I revert to that a lot. Uh, I, I enjoy reading that one. I enjoy uh, Firefighter Success, Jocko stuff. I, I mean, I like a little bit of everything. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more versed in it. And when I watch uh, the different podcasts and listen to them, listen to some books. But um, I really have to I really try to make myself start. Um, dedicating and finishing one before I start another one because I was all over the place for a while. <laughs> I so. feel that, dude. I'm really, 100%. I started doing this. I started carrying this little notebook with these little tiny pins in it, and I could right. refill the notebook with these little tiny, like almost like cop notebooks. But even uh, the other day, we were doing critiques on a couple fires that we had, and I pulled out Chief Thompson's book because he has such a great uh, checklist for when you do a critique going over 
what you need to discuss on the critique, which is size up, apparatus placement, water supply, line selection, level of aggressiveness, problem solving, strategy, tactics, tasks, and techniques. And uh, if you just go through those things, when you do a critique on the job, man, it, 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 you know, it gave me a checklist to check. And so it's funny the, the small things you pick up from books that you, know, you wouldn't even think you're going to get something for size up out of a culture book. You know what I'm saying? But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, I don't know. I pick up more stuff than I realize. And that's why I have to go back and uh, sticky note them to death and highlight them. And because that's <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, I, I used to write it all down on a notepad and I was like, man, I'm wasting my time. I'm just going to highlight the books and sticky note it to death. And, uh, you know, and then it, it's a little bit easier for me to go back to and find and remember. No, absolutely. I, I feel I feel your pain and trying like I feel like my brain is a leaky sponge and I try to cram stuff into it and I lose half of it or at least half of it. So anyway. Um, I'll tell you the first that uh the first book that I really read and completed with the fire service was uh Chief Hobelman um before he was a before he was a chief I think it was still battalion chief, but um his book and it was really easy to read. It wasn't really long and right. no exceptions. But, yeah. Yeah, no yes. exceptions. Yes. And I take and I could relate to everything in there from the for his young age starting in the volunteer company to, to where he was and but what that really was one of the books that kind of started structuring my mind of how I wanted to take and look at myself and perceive myself and others to think. And, you know, that was kind of the model that I wanted to go by to start with. And I still, uh, you know, I keep it in my backpack. I keep it still in my backpack today. It's awesome. Awesome. Okay. Now we have a thing on the scrap that we do every time, which is the five questions for firefighters. Um, the answers are completely your opinion. I've already heard a couple of them by talking to you. So I know what a couple of them are going to be, but that's okay. Uh, the points are arbitrary, and I, I, I'm the one who passes out the points. But this is the five questions for firefighters. So, Shane Bentley, are you ready for the five questions for firefighters? I'm ready. All right. So here we go. Number one, what is the number one issue facing the modern fire service? Training. Training. And the, the – and, and all right, so training and being able to take and be able to recognize the avenues. It's not just the skills that we can learn from training – is the relationships we can build and potential that we can create in somebody else if they trust you. Ooh, potential we can create in someone else that we can trust you. I love that, man. That is a perfect answer. Um, perfect answer. Uh, thank you. Number two, max points, by the way. What is the thing you are most excited about for the future of firefighting? Um, I'm excited right now. So I, goals was a big thing for me. I had to be, I had to learn to, set goals for myself that were attainable instead of way out there. Okay. And so, um, honestly, to see where the fire, the fire, I believe the fire service has changed more in the last 10 years than it has the last 50 years. Um, and there's, 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 you can find good and bad and everything. So if, if we're choosing to look for the bad, we're on the wrong avenue, but there's always plenty of good to find. I'm excited about the friendship that I've made the last couple of years. And a lot of them is by simply trolling the internet and looking for not the underdogs, the small town guys, the guys that are passionate, they're doing the same thing, have the same, the build your cultures, the Chris Kessingers, the, all these, all these guys that we're linked up with now. And I, I've had a bunch of people ask me, they said, how did that happen? And, and there for a little while I said, I don't even really know. But now my answer to that is it didn't happen on, on accident. There's a reason it happened. So I'm excited about, I want to be, I like, I take a lot of pride in being myself, being the person that creates opportunity for somebody. I love that. That That's probably, I get, I enjoy more 
about that than anything, and that's creating opportunity for somebody. And so I'm, I, I really look forward to um, who's coming next. I want to be able to create an opportunity for somebody to do this better than I ever could and not, not to ever get in their way. So I'm excited about what's, what's coming for conference three, four, and five, and where I get to go next to help who. And That's powerful, brother. That's solid, man. I love when you said that the friendships is what you're excited about for the future. Dude, I love that, man, because I don't think I've ever heard that answer. In 74 scraps now, I've never heard that answer is the friendships I've made is what I'm excited about for the future. I love that, and, and the potential. Uh, and and cre- Anyway, sorry. I'm gushing on, no. on that. So number three. I know the answer already because you already answered it, so we'll see if you're consistent. Best rank or position to be in in the fire service? Uh, firefighter. I think that, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm fortunate to be in the position that I'm in now. I don't know how in the hell I got here, but um, it wasn't in the plan when I came up here, but um, I'm a firefighter, man. I'm a firefighter at heart. I'm, um, I, I, I struggle with being in command um, because I always – I even talked my fire chief and city manager into letting me go back on shift. You know what I mean? I just, I wasn't ready for eight to five and, you know, I was able, they, they had allowed it to happen and I struggled at being anything but a firefighter. But at the same time I have learned has all of the, uh, everybody that I work with as they trusted in me and taken and worked as hard as they have to become good at this job and this profession, I've learned that I really, enjoy watching them go to work now and being very, you know, being that guy that thought I had to be the first one in there every time. Now I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying and making myself step back and watch them go to work. And it's hard, but uh, I think firefighter is still the best job, but I think that if you can be, you have good leaders coming in. um, If you get the opportunity to lead firefighters and they trust you, um, it's, you know, it goes hand in hand. Now, I got to tell you, as you get excited, you get closer and closer to the phone, and it's cutting you off. So I'm just telling you because I can't, I can't back it off anymore on my end. So, All right. Sorry uh, about that. Then people just get to see your mouth moving. I'm just telling you so that it's no big deal. Uh, it's just the best I can do is so let is you that know. Good? That's perfect. Uh, best advice you have ever received? <laughs> uh, got a lot of it. Um, Probably these, and I still got it on, it's an old sticky note from a good friend, mentor, Chief Swafford. He he uh, he showed up one day in my office a few years ago, a couple years ago, um, and I was fit to be tied. And uh, he come in, and why he, and how he got there, I had no idea. He just come walking in the station, and I looked at my fire chief, and I said, did you call him? And he said, no, I didn't call him. And I said, well, how did he get here? How did he know that I was in the uh in the mind frame that i was in and he come in and shut the door and he said sit down son he said grab your note and write this down he said big elephants eat one small bite at a time and i wrote it down and it's still stuck on my computer um that's the one that humbles me enough to take and listen to a lot of the other advice that people have given me i've get, i've gotten a lot of a lot of great advice but uh that one and um making sure that you can only, it doesn't matter how good or how passionate you are at this job. If when you get home, you're failing there, you're not going to be, none of this, none of this is going to be as influential as if you can't do it at home. And I still, that's a, I, 
that's the that's the one you asked earlier that I still struggle with, and um, I'm doing better. But uh, at the same time, that's 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 the one that I still struggle with at times. No, that's powerful. Dude, Big elephant. And right there, right there, when you said that, it, I listened to Make Do's uh, the Make Do Suburban podcast today. Galliano was on there, and they were asking him, and he talked about. You know, if you had a if you had a monstrously badass career, you know, he spent thirty five years in the fire service, and you retired and you went home to an empty house. What does it matter? You right. Know? And that, that right there is, is is it was powerful. I was like, whoa. So that yeah. kind of reminded me of that right there. That was strong. Oh, yeah. sorry. You get me going. You get me going. Uh, number five, final question. You have heavy fire and searchable space. Would you rather be assigned? And I know the answer to the nozzle or first in on VES. First in on VES. Yeah. First in on VES, and I think that's uh, – and, you know, you a lot of the fire service – so I, I took in – I've always kind of been uh, – I, I talked about earlier being a little arrogant about things, and so the whole debate of VES or VEIS or all those different analogies that's put to it, you know, whether there's an I in it or not. So I took it upon myself to, instead of isolate, call it intimate. Vent inner intimate search. Nice. And so we uh we got to one of the guys that was mentioned something earlier before Christmas. We uh, I sent him a sticker that I'd made, and he said, "Let's make those a shirt for Christmas and raise a bunch of money for kids." I said, "Okay, cool." So we did it. Chief Johnson took and humbled me even more. He took and he bought an ungodly amount of shirts and got a lot of money. He spent he spent a ton of money on these shirts and to make sure kids had Christmas. Wow. And so. Um, whether it's BES or BEIS, is still getting in there, knowing when to get in there, where to get in there as soon as possible. But that's where we fail as a fire service is spending the time. So it doesn't matter how many if you've been on two years or 15. Or, when you pull up, being able to see the conditions and know that we have to get in there and where we can get in there as soon as possible. And we have to spend as much as we have to, I think it's, uh, it's our diligence in the fire service to spend as much time talking about vent inner search or interior search and rescue as it is fire attack and learning, learning to recognize the signs. And I'll be a search guy from here on out. I want to be the first one there. I want to be the first one in your house. I want to be, I want to be the first one in everybody's uh, workforce house. And I want them to be the first one in my house because nice. I trust them. So uh, it's BES every time. Very strong, very strong. There it is. The five questions for firefighters, according to Shane Bentley. So <laughs> nicely done, sir. Then it's been you, an sir. awesome scrap, dude. I cannot believe how much I enjoyed. Because uh, I, I, this is what blows me away every time I and I don't say this like I can't believe how much I enjoyed it like an insult. I hope it didn't come across wrong. It's I don't know you, and this is the first time I've got to know you, and it has been a pleasure of, of a conversation. And I hope that you know, I, I, it blows me away every time I have these these conversations with passionate guys. I'm like, yes. like I, it's it's Thank awesome. You. It blows me away. So I really do Thank appreciate that. Um, best place to contact you, reach out for you, uh, book a book a class or or get get in touch with you for the for the conference. So you can go to uh, bearsoftheoath.com and it'll take you to our website and it's got all the links on there for the uh, conference coming up. It's March 11th through the 14th. It's got profiles of all of these guys. It's commented. It's going to be there that weekend, that week, and that weekend. Um, it's got a listing of all the classes. Uh, it's it's there. I'll, I'll give out my email address is bearsoftheoath20 at gmail.com. Um, phone number, anybody, I, I, I'll 
I enjoy talking about the fire service. I enjoy when people want to take and train. And I'm fortunate enough to where we have a lot of means as far as equipment, um, sponsors and partners that will make sure that we never go without to do that. And it's all if they, if somebody wants to do it, we'll do anything we can to make it happen, happen for them and help them. It's awesome. So, but it is a Facebook we're on Facebook, Shane Bentley, um, bears of the oath. So it's, uh, anybody's welcome. Anybody and always welcome doors, always open. And I'd, I'd love to take and be able to take and, you know, help anybody we can. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, perfect, man. Uh, okay. Housekeeping on my end, which is coming up on the scrap. Um, let me find my dates on my whiteboard right here in front of me. Next week, Sean Donovan, then Jake Barnes, Dr. David Griffin, Jeremy Dunch, National Fire Radio, then Bill Carey, uh, followed by Shannon Stone, mixed in there, uh, a few conferences that we're going to be at, and it's going to be crazy and fun. So a lot coming up on the scrap. Uh, I also, um, today I'm wearing no shirt. No shirts have been sent yet to be worn on the scrap, but I got a challenge coin sent in. This was from Jeremiah King out of Arizona. I'm going to try and show it up here. It's a beautiful coin. It's oh, it is. Central Arizona Pipes and Drums on one side, and the flip side of the coin is Central Arizona Honor Guard. Tons of symbolism on this coin with the uh, the Irish harp, the the clovers that represent the 19 firefighters that perished, and the one that survived is on top. They talked a lot about all of the symbolism on this coin. Um, they have Honor the Fallen, Honor the Flag, and then of course in Gaelic on the other side they have Deeds Not Words. It's a beautiful coin. So much, Jeremiah King. Thanks for sending it in. If you want me to feature a coin on the scrap, send it in to me. Let me know. If you want me to wear a shirt on the scrap, send it in to me. Let me know. I'm working on a conference here in Oklahoma. It is entirely a benefit conference. There has been so much support for it because 100% of what we make on the conference is going to the Waynoka firefighters that died doing that search in January. Um, those line of duty deaths. And so a hundred percent of it right now is coming together. We're aiming for June, June 11th, 12th and 13th. And I will give out more details as we get more details solidified. Uh, the support for it so far has been amazing. So that's all the housekeeping on that end. Uh, Shane Bentley, uh, it has been a wonderful conversation with you, sir. Thank you, I, man. Again, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it is a, it's a, it's an honor to be on your show, man. And I'd be on, I thank you guys for listening. And thank you for the comments. This, uh, man, this is the absolute best job in the world with the best people in it. And this, that's what we got to do is continue to support each other. hundred percent, man. Could not say it better. I do have to say this. I'm gonna have to go to biweekly scrap soon because I got to get, I got to get Robert Ramirez in here, Nick Prepard. I regret, I'm almost regretting saying this out loud. I got to get Devin Craig in here as a guest on uh, the scrap. And so I got to be careful saying that out loud. Uh, but it's going to be awesome when I do. So I've got those people to reach out to, but I really have to like, I need more time in the week to get as many people as need to be on here. So yes, it's, man, be, it's a ton of people out there, man. That's word that, that's that, that yeah, it blows me away. So anyway, yeah, awesome. uh, everybody, thank you guys for the comments, the questions. Uh, you guys are truly what makes the scrap so fun and enjoyable. Uh, of course, the unbelievably good guess. I hope the tone stays silent. Unless it's burning, stay safe out there. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode. <laughs>